Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Here comes the next wave.
Jesus name. Jesus name. Jesus name. This is what was this is what the goal was last night. This is what we prayed for last night. Spontaneous praise. Doesn't have to be pumped. Doesn't have to be pushed. Doesn't have to be pride. Praising because you want to. because of who he is not it's because that's what we do hallelujah 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 my 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 For this time, right now, this there's nothing more important we can do than right here, that this right here. This is the riches of His glory, of His inheritance in the saints. Give Him His inheritance.
Praise God. Now, the session tonight is for the purpose of dealing with the uh, adversary warring against the fruitfulness of the efforts of the laborers in the harvest. Right. And uh, that is a pastoral authority. And I thought I was going to teach first or just give you some instruction first. But in this atmosphere, the pastor of this church is coming. And he is going to lead you, join you, for you to join with him as the pastoral authority is used to break through all resistance to the fruitfulness of the efforts of the people of God to participate in the harvest. Whatever else he feels to say, he's welcome to say it. But that's the prayer he's going to lead us in. Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we join together right now. We join our faith together in the name of Jesus Christ. By the power of your spirit, by the authority that you have given us tonight, Lord, we come against every spirit of opposition that wars against truth being spread, hearts hearing and receiving the word that is spoken in the name of Jesus Christ. By the power of your spirit tonight, Lord, in Jesus' name, we know there is power in the seed of your word. We know there is ability in your word to produce life. So tonight, Lord, we come against every hindrance that wars against the power of that word operating. We come against every weapon of darkness that would stand against the power of the seed of the word of God producing in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ we come against every imagination every high thing that it would exalt itself against you God every idea every concept every philosophy that would stand against the truth of your word we come against it in the name of Jesus Christ every spirit of blindness that would war against the minds of the hungry from being able to hear and receive and see in the name of Jesus Christ we bind that darkness tonight in Jesus name father your word says that light shines into darkness and darkness cannot overtake it so tonight we pray that the light would shine into the darkness into the spiritual darkness that it would drive back the darkness in the name of Jesus Christ in in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ, he katalaboho shatalabahaya, he labo sandaria laboshe, he labo sataramanda labaha, yea, mando robo satalabahaya, he katalabo sandaria labahaya, yea, mando robo satalabahaya, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Hayala Mandolobo Satana Bahaya, Yea, Yala Mandolobo 
In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Shatalamando lobo seki atalabahaya. Hilamando robo se. Yealamando riatalaboko si atalabahaya. In the name of Jesus, 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 Hayala Masata Ramanda Lamahaya, in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I know probably everyone in this building tonight more than likely knows the story of Gideon, so I won't deal with the details, but the Bible says he's hiding behind the wine press. He's got a little bit of barley, a little bit of of wheat, whatever, trying to come up with a little bit enough to make some bread. But all he has is a little bit. But the Bible says that what would happen is every time it was harvest time, when it was time to reap from all of the labors and effort that they had put forth, that's when the enemy would come in. That's when the enemy would show up and destroy every bit of effort and labor and work that had been done to prepare and then to sow and to be ready to reap. The enemy would come in to destroy it. I know just about everybody here, every church here has sown, you've planted, you've watered, you've, you've, you've done all of that and it seems like you never can get the full benefits. You got just enough to hide behind a wine press to make a little bit of bread for your family and survive. But I I don't know about you, but I'm tired of a little bit of wheat for a little bit of bread. I'd like to be able to reap what we have actually sown and what we have believed for. If I'm not mistaken, it was the Midianites that came in. One of the root words or root meanings of Midianites is confusion. The enemy comes in the time of harvest with confusion and chaos and distraction and so i want us to join together right now the 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 issue's not the seed 
The issue is also not sin. Where sin abounds. We are set up for end time harvest because where sin abounds, grace, grace doth much more abound. So I, I want us to, I want us to join together for a few moments here and focus not, not on the seed, not just on the seed, but focus on the enemy that tries to come in when it's time to reap and he destroys our harvest or he diminishes our harvest, gives us just enough, but, but not what we're really expecting and believing for. I wonder if there's anybody that would join me, with me tonight and get a little bit aggravated, agitated, angry, upset about some aborted harvests that we have worked for, that we have planned for, that we have prayer prepared for, but that the enemy has come in to destroy. Anybody feel that way tonight? In the name of Jesus, Father, we join together right now against the adversary who stands back and watches as we plow, as we sow. And then when we are ready to reap, he comes in to destroy, to defeat, to hinder the harvest. In the name of Jesus Christ, we come against it tonight. We come against every spirit of confusion, every spirit of contention, every spirit spirit that steps in to try to distract us, to try to divert our attention so that he can destroy the harvest. In the name of Jesus Christ, we join together tonight, Lord, in Jesus' name and believe you that the enemy will no longer be able to come in and hinder and stop and defeat the harvest that you have, you have intended for us to reap in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, tonight we declare the sword of the Lord. Tonight we declare the sword of the Lord that is greater than any design, any intent of the enemy. In the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus, we pray tonight, God, that you would arise and that your enemies would be scattered in the name of Jesus Christ. Every enemy that stands against harvest, every enemy that stands against souls being reaped and brought into the kingdom, in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What's that? What's that reference in Isaiah? What, what chapter is that? Say to the north, give up. To the south, keep my back. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to, I'm going to do one more thing here. We did this several weeks ago when we were, we were focusing on what we're praying about tonight. I I just, just came back to me. We're going to do it again. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 43, verse number five, fear not for I am with thee. I will, I will bring thy seed from the east. And gather thee from the west. I will say to the north, give up. And to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone that is called by my name. For I have created him for my glory. I have formed him. Yea, I have made him. Now, I realize that we're in Arnold, Maryland, and you, many of you are from different parts of the country, but we know God is omnipresent, time and space. So I, I realize you're not at home, many of you, but, but we're going to, I want us to do this, and, and when we do this, I want you just in your mind to be at home. I want you to go to your sanctuary, your church, or wherever you have church in your mind. And, and I, we're, we're get, I, I want some of you to face this way. I want some of you to face that way. I want some of you to face out back. And then I want some of you to face to the left. And, and I don't want anybody, I, I want everybody facing outward. And, and the basics of where we are right now, to my right is the north. To my left is the south. This is the east and that's the west. So if you're praying that way, you're facing north, that way, west, south, east. And so we're what we are getting ready to do is I want us to pray and do what this verse says. Those of you that are facing north, say to the north, give up, and to the south, keep not back. I want you to speak in the direction you're facing to the seed. I will bring thy seed. I will bring thy seed. So in, in the context of your city, your area, where you're from, that's what you're, we're not doing this. We'll, we'll take the benefits here in Arnold right now of you being here. You're going to help us out. But but we're not doing this about here. In your mind, you're at home speaking to your geographical area, north, south, east, and west, for the enemy to release the souls and the seed that has been planted. So everybody... Face outward. Some of you this, some of you already facing this way fine. Those of you in the back half, 
the outside, those of you that are along the sides and the, and the wall that is nearby you. And I want you to begin to speak in that direction. Speak to the seed that has been sown. Speak to the harvest that is ready. In the name of Jesus, we speak to the north tonight. We speak to the south. We speak to the east. And we speak to the west that it would give up, that it would release the souls and the seed that has been planted. Lord, your word says that you will bring the seed. And so we speak it tonight. We're not asking you for it. We're not requesting it, but we are speaking it in the name of Jesus Christ. We are speaking that the harvest would be loosed in the north, that the harvest would be loosed in the south, that the harvest would be loosed in the east, and that the harvest would be loosed in the west in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that your sons and your daughters might be able to come in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. If you believe God has heard your prayer, I want you to begin to rejoice in those souls being set free and being delivered in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, let's give the shout of victory. Let's give the shout of victory. This is not foolishness. This is faith. The shout of victory is not foolishness. It's faith. Jesus Christ, who is the best known shepherd in the Bible? Who? David. If it's hard to really look at Jesus and know what a shepherd's supposed to be as far as us, look at David. Some shepherds are only doing half the job of a shepherd. A biblical shepherd is more than just a caregiver to sheep. A biblical shepherd wars for the sheep. The disciples were bogged down 
the church had exploded in growth from the day of Pentecost and they were trying to get it, you know, the spiritual side. They had all kind of mentorship from Jesus on that. They knew what to do about all that spiritual stuff, but they got bogged down with trying to administrate the church. Anybody ever been through that? Finally, they said, we, 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 we gotta find some good men hold, that fill the Holy Ghost to take care of this. This is not the will of God for us. The will of God for us is to give ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the Word. The more senior you are in a leadership of a church, the more prayer and the less administration you should be doing. Selah. Oh, Brother Wright, I, you know, I just can't accept that. Too bad. Sorry. Is your way working? You know, in the same list and at the end of 1 Corinthians 12, where it talked about this list of giftings, and it started out with, let's, let's just read that. I, I think it, let's try 1 Corinthians 12, 25. You can be seated a moment. Uh, next verse. Next verse. And God hath set some in the church. First apostles, secondarily prophets, Thirdly, teachers, whoa, wow, the UPC is missing. Because it's all pastors and evangelists, and they're not even in the list. Well, just take the UPC out of the Bible because now I, I'm a district superintendent. I'm not anti-UPC. I'm just trying to make a point. Man, if some of you would get on your horse to defend your brethren like you do to get on your horse to defend an organization, we might have unity. Because the brotherhood is God made. The organizational structure is man made. I'm a part of it. I'm a part of it. Oh, that was all free. And God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, then what? Helps is a gift of the Spirit. Helps is a gifting. And governments... Now, I can't see who's on the computer. Let's see how good you are. How quick can you get me the Amplified on that verse? The clock's ticking. Silence is, oh, there we are. So God has appointed some in the church for his own use. First apostles, special messengers. Second prophets, that's not Old Testament prophets. 
inspired preachers and expounders, third teachers, then wonder workers, then those with the ability to heal the sick, helpers, administrators, speakers in different unknown tongues. Is my eyes failing? Maybe the screen is bigger here. In between wonder workers and the ability to heal is helpers and administration administrators followed by speakers in different unknown tongues. Let's try this screen again. Teachers, check. Wonder workers, check. Those are the ability to heal the sick. Check. Helpers. Administrators. Uncheck, uncheck. Speakers in different unknown tongues. Check. Wow, we got, got some of those others. We just don't have very many of those two, do we? So that all falls on the leader. And of course that means he doesn't have time to pray. As his first priority. Well, y'all were noisy just a minute ago. I have a tremendous gift to make people quiet. Oh, like some people, they just say a few words and people go nuts. Me, I just say a few words and people go stone cold quiet. That's a gift, you know that? It really is. That's, I don't know what you call that gift, but it's got to be a gift. I hope it's a gift. The point I'm trying to make here is this. That doesn't mean you turn the church over to somebody to run because I can give you a long study on the responsibility of the senior man to, King James' word is, rule the church. In fact, we know that if Hebrews says in chapter 13, oh, let's read it. I just feel like reading a minute here. King James Version, Hebrews 13, 7. <laughs> Remember them. Which have the rule over you. Who is it that has the rule over you? Who have spoken unto you the word of God. What does that say again? Remember them which have the rule over you, comma. Oh, this is the explanation of who's got the rule over you. Who have spoken unto you the word of God. We talked about this the other day. It's called iniquity. Nobody's telling me what to do. That's called iniquity. That started in heaven. That's what got Lucifer kicked out. Nobody's telling me what to do. Oh, Lord, help me. Not tonight. Oh, See how long I can put that one off. Uh, remember them that have the rule over you. It was spoken to you, you, the word of God, whose faith follow. 
considering the end of their conversation, and that's King James language, the considering the end of their conversation, the word conversation, their Greek there is much more literal and broad. It is lifestyle. Consider the lifestyle that the faith of your leader produces. I'm talking about in dedication and consecration and commitment, et cetera, et cetera. And then stop dropping down to Hebrews 13, 17. It says this. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that, as they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. I used to try to be on this preacher group on Facebook. And somebody else quoted me and posted it on there where I said that the most sacred relationship in the Bible is the relationship between shepherd and sheep. And oh, my brethren went nuts. The most sacred relationship in the Bible is husband and wife. It's so sacred that it's going to stop at the rapture. It is so special in the eyes of God that for you in the church, that husband-wife relationship is going to stop being at the rapture. Because in heaven, all of the bride is married to the groom, and his name is Jesus. And that spiritual relationship is not going to compete with earthly relationships. And here's going to be the kicker there's going to be people alive on the earth. Married, having children for eternity. That's in the book. Just not the church. So if the husband-wife relationship is the most sacred relationship in the Bible, why is it going to end when time or the temporal ends? But let me tell you a relationship that's going to endure the rapture. And that's the shepherd-sheep relationship. Because after the rapture, the shepherd is going to stand before God in your presence and have to give a report on how you lived. Now you tell me which is the most sacred relationship. The one that's over at the rapture or the one that's going to endure beyond the rapture and that you're going to have to count on that man of God giving a good report for you before the throne. Again, I, I got this little old tiny brain. It doesn't work too good. So all I know to do is just kind of take the Bible for what it says. And, 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 and humor me. This is pretty simple. Uh, to me, it's pretty simple because it's what it says. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. For they watch for your souls as they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief. For that is unprofitable for you. Now, if you don't have a pastor, you don't have to worry about him saying anything bad. Of course, you won't be standing at that judgment. And you won't be saying anything at that, that the judgment you'll be standing at. Because the books are going to be open. He's going to go down and say, what was your name again? 
Well, let's see, alphabetically, there, there's the name before yours, and here's the name, it's after yours, and there's no space between those names, and yours isn't there. Now, why would that be? I'm not willing for a man to be that to me. Well, you better be thankful every day for the humanity of your pastor. Because you don't want an angel as your pastor. Because angels have never needed salvation and they don't understand weakness. You want somebody made as low as you are. You want somebody that's had the struggles you have. That's had to learn how to receive the mercy and the grace of God like you do. That's had to receive forgiveness like you. That's who you won't lead you. You want somebody that understands how, how desperate it is to give your life to God when your flesh is resisting it every step of the way. That's who you want in the pulpit. That's who you want leading you. Praise God. I mean, of course, if Paul was standing here, he'd say, now, I'm your pastor, but I am less than all of you. Because he said that. I'm the least of all saints. Praise God. So, my dear brother, I'm not trying to embarrass anybody here or that's watching online with your church. And there are bunches of them that right now are watching online with their churches. And this is, for some of them, this is their church night. So they got a really good crowd with me saying this stuff. The more senior your responsibility is in a church, the greater your the, the prayer should be as your priority of your day. Better to pray and do nothing else than do everything else and not pray. And I don't mean going through the motions, let's put it our time and get this over with prayer. I mean the prayer of a shepherd fighting not only for the sheep that are living, but for the unborn sheep. Hallelujah. You're up next. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought I'd give you about three seconds head start. Now, I got pages of notes to teach tonight. But God's doing something else. And if you want to hear all this, you'll just have to tune in some other time or whatever. Because... Uh, our responsibility here tonight is to follow the Holy Ghost and let him minister in whatever way he wants to. But very briefly, there are three primary symptoms that every man of God and every saint of God can read for themselves to know when it's time to do warfare for your local situation. We dealt with the first one last night. When there is no free flow of spontaneous praise, rejoicing, thanksgiving, then a church needs to go to war. Because that church needs to have victory for each and every individual. Because the degree to which you are able to rejoice spontaneously without having to be pushed and prompted 
is the degree of victory you have. And victory is directly proportional to faith. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And if my faith is working and I've got victory, it's welling up in my soul. It's just wanting to respond. And then the second symptom is that when the dedicated, committed people are involved in trying to reach the lost, but there's little to no fruit to their efforts, and you can't seem to find the hungry people, and no hungry people are being led to you, that's not sin, as the pastor said. People don't need to be beat up for that. The adversary needs to be beat up. God promised Israel that every living thing that belonged to Israel would be fruitful and not be barren. And either he is a liar because he is a respecter of persons or he would he has no less for his spiritual body as he did for his natural people. And if his promise was to the natural people you live according to my word and your wives will not be barren and your animals will not be barren and your ground will not be barren. Every bit of it will be fruitful and all of your efforts will be fruitful, produce fruit. That was God's promise to Israel. And he is faithful. Fruitfulness. This is kind of, this is kind of, I don't want to be crude or embarrass anybody here, but I got to make a point. Producing children is pleasurable. It's not a chore. I think I've said that clearly enough. If that's the case naturally, is it supposed to be different than that spiritually? Sowing the seed to birth a child spiritually should be just as pleasurable as sowing a seed to birth children are naturally. It's not a chore. It's not something to be shunned. It's something you should love. I've performed scores of marriages in 43 years in this city. And I've, I've stood here. I got my own set of vows. As you can imagine, they're cranked down a few more notches and a few more literal than the stuff you find in Starbook for ministers. I practically make them vow to give a pint of blood each day for the other. Just about. But I've never at one time asked for or expected anybody to vow to produce children. Because if the relationship is right, Everything is healthy. Children should be automatic. 
Why should it be any less for the kingdom of God? I don't know what the Lord's going to have you do. I know. But it's your turn. Several years ago, I was talking with Brother Barnes, and I'm only saying his name to give validity to what I'm about to tell you. <clears throat> it was about maybe a year before he passed away. And he told me, he said, he asked me what I felt was coming in the church and down the line. And I was a little reticent to even tell him what I thought. Um, but I shared with him what I felt. He said, and he agreed with, I guess, all of it. But he told me, he said, there's coming a day in, in the years ahead. He said, I'm not going to live to see it. But he said, I have peace about that. And he explained to me why. But he said, there's going to come a point when the Lord is going to take the church from here, and he liked to use his fingers to give, to talk, and he said, we're going to be going along this way, and the Lord's going to make a right-hand turn, and the church is going to change seasons and go this direction. He said, and when he does, <clears throat> there are going to be those that are on the fringe of all of what we have, and for one reason or another, they're not going to be paying attention. And he said, and when the Lord shifts and turns directions, you're going to see a great pulling away and a falling away in the body. And men that have taken the place God gave them of influence and whatever are going to have built themselves such kingdoms that they can't follow him. And he's going to leave them in their own kingdoms. He said, but at that moment, rather than despair... He's going at that time to begin to reveal to the world. And all of those who claim to be the bride, he alone can reveal who the bride really is. And he's going to give her children. He said, now don't get caught up in all of this fighting. Don't get caught up in the debating. Don't get caught up in trying to explain why you're right and somebody else is wrong. He said, you mark my words and you hear what I'm telling you and you start paying attention like you've never watched before. Because when he turns, he's not coming back for you. And if you're not watching, you're going to be left right where you are building your own kingdoms. I'm not going to elaborate on it, but we've seen that time come. The sons of Issachar knew the seasons and they knew the times they lived in. That old prophet has gone on to be with the Lord, but that word is still here. And I'm telling you, the church has seen that turn, whether we were watching it or not. He said, and what's going to happen then? There's going to be a great release of anointing and giftings in the church across the world. Men and women of God who have been faithful and consistent, obscure for the most part, the Lord is going to begin to call them to the surface. He's going to begin to call them out of hiding. They've built solid churches. They've built solid relationships. They've been faithful in every way to him. And they were willing to follow. But because they were willing to follow, and because their motives are pure, there's going to come a moment in the church where they're going to be needed. And from them, he's going to call apostles and prophets 
pastors, teachers, and all the things the bishop's been talking to us about the last few minutes. And all night we've been in this room. I by no means would venture to tell you that I think I know all that God's up to, but I'm telling you, there is a moment that we have been waiting on for a long, long time that has come to the church. And what's happening in this room, what's going to happen before this is all over with tonight, that catalyst that the church is waiting for, that catalyst that the world is waiting for, the earth is groaning. The scripture said there would come a day that the earth would begin to groan in expectation, waiting on a manifestation of the sons of God. And Bishop, if I'm wrong, I submit to you. But I feel that we're about to release that into the earth. God is about to release that into the earth. He might not would say it because of where we are right this moment. But I'm going to tell you that the Lord has prepared this moment, this meeting, and this people, all of you that are here, to be a part of what he's about to release and set forth in the earth. And you can mark it down and you remember what I'm telling you because I'm repeating what the prophet told me. And I'm telling you, there's, it's, it's going to be a release of anointing, giftings. How many of you have fought hell more in the last six months than you ever have in your ministries? How many of you, your churches feel like it's like one attack after the next? Just you get past this one and here, let me see your hands. Hold on, they're not just them. How many of you feel like everybody in your church would rather be somewhere else besides in your church? There has to be something in the earth going on. And the enemy knows about it. You've got to remember, Satan went before the throne of God and talked to him about what was going on in the earth. And the Lord picked a fight with him and drew, uh, drew uh, uh, Job into it. And I believe there's been another conversation in the heavens. And I believe the Lord's asked him, are you ready for what I'm about to do? I'm, I'm getting ready to set something loose in the earth. And the enemy's had his chance to come in and do everything he can to set you back. Pastor was talking about this confusion. The scripture says the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence. And the violent take it by forth. Our passivity has been somewhat of a weapon the enemy has used against us. And we've come to the point, Brother Joel right now we're talking about, we've come to the point that it's time for you and I to finally make our mind up. I'm, I'm angry about what's happening. I'm tired of it. I'm weary with it. These gifts, and I'm going to tell you something. You, these gifts that are lying dormant in you, waiting for an opportunity to come to the surface. Some of you have been dreaming dreams and having visions lately like you have never had before. You've been feeling a stirring in your spirit. Bishop was talking about the second service the other day. And there's something in you that's been wanting to go before, uh, beyond where you are and, and tap into something you've never felt before. I'm hungry for it. I don't know about the rest of you, but I, there's something in me that just is tired of laying back and waiting. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, God's timing is such. We haven't had to force this door open. We haven't had to beg him to do it. Cities, entire cities have been captive. But the time has come and the season has come upon the church. And it is now incumbent upon us to release out of us what God has put in us into this earth and change what's going on around us. The kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. You began to pray a while ago. We were instructed to pray in all four directions. 
What expectations do we have on that? Were we just doing it out of obedience? He said, pray to the southeast, west, north. No, there's got to be a release of expectation. Bishop was talking about that. I'm not just doing this. I'm not going to just pray because I was asked to pray. We've got to release more than just prayer. There's got to be faith that goes with it. There's got to be an angelic release. There have got to be angelic spirits sent out of this place that go home before us, that go in in places that we've never been before and release things in that city that we've never known. And I'm telling you, that time that the prophet told me was coming, I've been feeling it for a long time, and we have forced things and we have pushed things in the church. Something has shifted in the spirit. How many of you are having trouble resting at night? Just can't sleep. How many of you have experienced the confusion that he's talking about? Your minds are confused. I thought I knew what I believed. Anybody? It's no wonder, really, because the enemy knows things that we don't know about what God's up to. And I'm telling you, just as honestly as I know how, I didn't know what I was going to say either. And the Lord reminded me of what the old prophet told me. And there are apostles and prophets, men and women of God sitting in this room, that you have been waiting patiently, ready to do, ready to move, ready to operate. Whatever you've been called on to, you've been ready. But there's never been just that full openness in front of you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Am I just, is it just me? It could very well be. But that season has changed. That season has changed. And there are gifts in you that you don't even know are there. There's an anointing on some of you that you have never, you've wanted it. You felt like it was right there, but it's always been elusive. Just about the time you get there, it eludes you every single time. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But I'm telling you, the Lord's ready to release you. The earth is ready to receive you. The earth has been groaning, waiting on a manifestation of the sons of God. The spirit of God is ready to release you. And the earth is ready to receive you. You've never seen, oh go ahead. You've never seen a more hungry time the earth has been in than the one it's in now. I don't know what to tell you to do at this point. You're welcome to stand, sit, lay but I'm, I'm, I am imploring you to stretch yourself into the spirit one more time and receive who you are, receive what you are, receive what God has given you, receive what God has done in you and begin to release it. Begin to speak prophetically over your churches, your families. Some of your families have been attacked like never before. Begin to speak over them prophetically right now. Speak the word of God over your family. Speak the promises of God over your churches, your cities, your neighborhoods, and everything that's going on. Go ahead. Prepare yourself in prayer because God's about to do something very powerful and supernatural in here in a few moments. But you've got to accept who you are and what you are and be ready to go forward because that season has come. You've not just been fighting for the sake of fighting. It hasn't been that God has turned his back on you, but God's preparing you for what's about to come.
Life and death are in the power of the tongue. If you don't speak life, then you're speaking death by not speaking at all. You don't have to speak death to produce death. You can produce death just by not speaking life. Come on. Come on. The devil wants you to feel foolish. This is stupid. Me just saying this, this isn't going to do anything. Why would he say that to you if it doesn't work? He wouldn't bother you. If it didn't work, he'd just let you do it. He'd rather you do it and it not work than try to get you not to do it. He'd get a whole lot more mileage out of you doing it and it not working than trying to stop you or talk you out of doing it. Speak life. Speak life to your family. Speak life to your church. Speak life to the lost of your city.
We're obeying God. Service isn't over. This is what God's doing right now. We're just giving him and you time to do what the Lord said for you to do. Come on. Take full advantage of it till it's time to do something else. For your benefit. For your city's benefit. Don't be a spectator now or in any part of this service. Come on. Jesus name. Jesus name. Jesus name. In Jesus name. Jesus name. This is good. This is wonderful. But it's time to do something else. You can be seated a moment. I will not apologize for not taking an hour and going through all the details of this. I, you, If you know me at all, I am a teacher and I love to teach. And I, it wouldn't take anything for the Lord to get me to do that. But that's not what's necessary here tonight. Now, Jesus specifically talked about the angels being involved in reaping. We know for a fact they're involved in the reaping at the end of the world. If they are involved in that last reaping that we would call the rapture, they surely are involved 
in all the other reaping. They are ministering spirits sent to minister for, not to, for those that shall be heirs of righteousness. We do not command angels ourselves, but God, God speaking through us, speaking his word, commands angels. We comm- angels are commanded either possibly verbally in English, if that's your primary language, I'm using it because it's mine, or in tongues, either way. There is an uncountable company of angels in this place right now. And we're about to pray. And a spirit of warfare intercession, not travail intercession, that's tomorrow night. Last night was about personal victory. Your personal victory affects it is a, it affects whether or not you have spontaneous liberty in praise and worship. Tonight, we're dealing with the sowing, getting the seed out, finding good ground, getting getting the, the finding the hungry, the hungry finding us. Tomorrow night, we will deal with the actual birthing. The three symptoms again are, number one, if your church does not have a spontaneous flow of praise, worship, and thanksgiving, you need to do warfare. If your church, if the efforts of your dedicated people to reach the lost is not they're not being fruitful it's difficult nothing's nothing's flowing easy working you're not being led to the hungry the hungry are not being led to you and there's not a free flow uh, of of the results of those efforts of hungry souls coming to your services wanting to hear the word of god there's not something wrong with you or your efforts you need to do warfare you have a right to expect that. That's the promise of God. And I can teach that, but I'm not. You'll just have to accept this or not accept it. Number three, that's tomorrow night, is that if your church, if there is not a, if it's not easy to pray people through the Holy Ghost to your church, and if there are not people spontaneously receiving the Holy Ghost occasionally, maybe during worship, during the offering, in the middle of the preaching before an altar call can be given, in their cars, riding down the roads, in a home Bible study, in, uh, in, in a home group, on the job, on the street. Say, Brother Wright, you've gone out there now. Well, you stay in there, okay? If that's what you want to do, stay in there. You just stay in there. You, you, you came to the wrong meeting. But I believe that's the way it happened in the book of Acts. And God's no respecter of persons. And we have a right to expect that. Show me anybody after the Holy Ghost was given in Acts chapter 2 verse 4 that ever t- 
tarried for the Holy Ghost. I don't care what your personal church that you were raised in culture is. And there's a lot of Pentecostal, even apostolic churches, they have a culture of tarrying. Can't show me that in the book. They tarried until the Holy Ghost was poured out the first time. There was, there's no biblical record of anybody tarrying for the Holy Ghost from that point on. It is a gift. You don't tarry for a gift. You don't earn a gift. You don't beg for a gift. You don't manipulate a gift out of somebody. You receive a gift because it's being offered. You don't prod somebody into giving you a gift. You know, it's my birthday tomorrow. You know, that's not what you do. The Greek word in Acts 2.38, thou, and, and, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That word receive is lambano. It, in the Greek, it means to take what is being offered. The Holy Ghost is offered. He initiated it. If we don't receive it, it's because we're not taking what's being offered. If there is a hindrance in people easily, easily taking what's being offered then there is resistance going on in the Holy Ghost. Now, if 50 people got the Holy Ghost really easy and one person over here didn't get it, then that's something different. Now it's time to put your spiritual radar on and say, okay, let's you and I talk about why you're not getting the Holy Ghost. Because if somebody's repented of their sins and been baptized in Jesus' name and they're not receiving the Holy Ghost, it's not God's fault. It's their fault. Thank you for those that participated with that, but it only made everybody else look bad. I'm talking book here. Oh, I know I'm not talking our culture, but I am talking book. You choose. What are you going to be loyal to? Your culture? I'm not talking about racial culture. I'm talking about spiritual culture. Are you going to be faith? Are you going to be loyal to your culture or to the Word of God? Choose. It not only will determine whether or not people get saved, it's going to determine whether or not you're saved. Because Another way of saying culture is tradition. And read in Matthew 15 and Mark 7 what Jesus says about tradition. It makes the word of God a none effect. It makes your your worship vain, which is empty, useless, and worthless. Now, surely something is not all that bad if it makes the word of God of none effect in your life, right? It can't be that bad. I mean, we've always done it this way. It can't be bad. And if it makes my worship empty, useless, worthless, it can't be, we've always done it like this, it can't be bad. Well, sorry. I, I really, really try to restrain myself, believe it or not. The Lord gives me what to say. And you don't know how much I pray and ask him by his grace to help me not add anything to it. Because his words give life. 
my words take life. I don't want to add to it. But this absolute vehement hatred, I said it, I mean it, hatred that I have for religious tradition didn't come from me. I hate it because if it's tradition, it's contrary to the Word of God. And I'm not participating willingly in anything that makes everything I do not work. I don't care who did it. I like old Hezzy. Hezekiah. He went out, he stepped out on a search for idols in Israel. And he went out, cut down groves, and, and tore down idols all over high places all over Israel. But he couldn't get a release in his spirit that he had purged all of Israel from idols. And he goes to the house of God to pray. And rather than praying, God opens his eyes and he sees an idol in the house of God. It was the brazen serpent that Moses made all those hundreds of years before. When the plague of fiery serpents came as a judgment of God upon Israel. And Moses prayed. And God said, make you a brazen serpent and put it on top of a stick. And anybody gets bitten that looks upon that brazen serpent is going to live. That was God's plan for one time. There was never another season that that brazen serpent did anything for anybody. But the word of God says Hezekiah was shocked when it dawned on him that Israel had been burning incense to that brazen serpent through the rest of the ministry of Moses, through all the ministry of Joshua, through all the ministry of Samuel, through the ministry of the judges, through the ministry of David, the man after God's own heart, through the ministry of Solomon, the wisest man who'd ever lived other than Jesus, I guess. All of them were blinded to the idol in the house of God because at one time, once it was God's way, once it worked, but since then we've worshipped the method rather than the God who provided salvation through the method. And so he did the unthinkable and took it and threw it on the ground and said, it's Nehushtan, just a piece of brass. God forbid that we sing more than three songs. And this church is backslidden because we don't do testimony service. I got rid of that the first chance I got as a pastor because the last thing I wanted was some dear old sister getting up and say, the devil's been on my trail all week, bless his holy name. And I've been, thank God, I've been in the way for 40 years. And other testimonies like that I heard as a child growing up. And every time I heard one of them, I said, if it's ever up to me, we'll never do that again in a church service, ever.
Why? Sometimes here, we preach at the beginning of service. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. They think we were back slidden or backwards slidden. Preach first. Worship at the end. You guys must be messed up. No, it's just called following God. Just following God. You know, sometimes you need to tell everybody that normally sits over here to sit over there. Everybody that normally sits over here, sit over there. Why? Because you kind of get stuck in that seat you're always sitting in. It's been funny a couple times. I've watched some Antiochers come in the building. And some of you got here before them. And you got their seat. And I would, I said to myself, thank God they may have a move of God before this is over with. Because they're not able to sit in their seat. Awesome. I am not Jesus, and I can't possibly want the lost to be saved as much as him. But I have him in me. I'm in him, but he's in me. And by the grace of God, I want him to live that mission, that passion, that burden through me. I don't want it to be mine. I want it to be his. And so I want them to be saved so desperately that sometimes... I just, I, I don't know what to do about it. I, I don't know what to do next because there's so many things. I want just anything, everything. Let's do something to see the law saved. Something. Because a church that's not seeing souls saved has no right to exist. You lost your spiritual charter. You need to be honest and close the doors and find some place to go to church so you can be saved where someplace people are getting saved. And I know I heard it. Uh, you just don't know how hard it is in our area. This is called call to war. And we're here to break through barriers. That's what we're here to do. So, this final phase of this service is a cooperative effort. I have gotten pieces of direction from several people up here, and all of it was God. So, because I love God and I recognize His voice, whether it's speaking in here or in here, I I need to say that again, I see. Because I love God and I recognize his voice, whether it's speaking in here or in here. Because if you read Romans 10 where it says, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the rhema of God. And if you study the context, you'll see the only method really discussed in the context of Romans 10. It's not a personal word in your spirit. It's the preached word. 
That's not doing away with the internal voice. But it's just saying, if you can't receive rhema, when a man of God speaks rhema to you, God's never going to trust you with rhema that he speaks to your heart. Brother, right? you just make all these extreme statements, just extreme. My microphone. My God. You put my God together with this microphone, you get statements like that. Now, because some of you have not been here, and this is not a negative statement toward you at all, I just want to make sure we're all on the same page. Those of us that have been here, we have spent almost as much time on our face as we have in these seats. We have had session after session after session that God has interrupted as we laid ourselves bare before the one that was laying us bare. And we, we, we laid it all out there. We repented. We've repented and repented. And we've given it to God over and over again. And because some of you precious folks haven't been in this atmosphere, we're, we're all going to repent together again. Brother Cole, this was Brother Cole's method of operation. He never prayed for supernatural ministry to take place that he didn't first lead the entire body, including himself, in repentance. Never did it. I think his the results kind of speak for his methods working pretty good, don't you? So we're going to do that. After we do that, Because of the power of two joining in prayer, I am going to ask you to join with somebody. Two, two. If there's nobody left for you to partner with where you're seating, just kind of quickly as possible, scoot and find somebody you can pray with. We are going to not only pray in our native language, our natural language, as the Spirit gives the utterance, but we are going to pray in tongues, and a spirit of intercession is going to clap like thunder into this place. And those of you that know how to intercede are going to go immediately into it. And some of you who have interceded and didn't know what it was are going to feel it and say, I understand that. And then you're going to yield to intercession. And then some of you that never have interceded in your life, the Lord is going to impart to you the spirit and ministry of intercession. And you're going to yield to intercession immediately. And we're going to pray and intercede together. Joined hand to hand or shoulder to shoulder as we men prefer to do. Brother Cisco and I have partnered since 1978. He's going to be my prayer partner tonight. I'm going to be his. We're going to join together. Everybody has their giftings. This is the pastor of this church. 
God has chosen him to be the senior pastor of this church. I am not the pastor of this church. I'm the covering under God. I am the bishop, the overseer. But Joel and Kate, I've, I've asked them to come. And uh, they're both going to intercede tonight. And they're going to lead us in intercession. And God is going to move. And the catalyst that you talked about is going to happen in this place. And here's what's so amazing. Do you see how calm it appears to be in here right now? What is about to happen, if you have any honesty about you at all, you're going to have to acknowledge that what happens is Holy Ghost because you can't go from no effort being made to emotionally hype something from that to this like that. And that's what's going to happen. If you are going to be a spectator, enjoy the show because that's all you're going to be. There's not going to be anything to see. But if you will join in, you will immediately tune in to the Spirit. You may not understand everything you're about to feel, but you're going to feel stuff, some of you, that you've never felt in your life. And we are going to go places in God tonight. He is going to take us places that we've never been. And you know what the pastor had us doing? North, south, east, and west. The angels of God are reaping angels in this building. And <laughs> get this. The warfare we're praying is going to break the barrier. That establishes the dominion. And when that dominion is established, then the reaping angels are going to go out. And when you get home, you're going to begin to see harvest. You're going to begin to see, you're going to, you're going to be led to hungry people. Hungry people are going to be led to you. Most, if not all of you, going to have somebody, at least somebody show up to church Sunday morning that you haven't witnessed to, that nobody talked to. They're not even going to know why they're there. They were driving by and just felt to turn in here. That's when you know you're not by, you're not in this by yourself and what you're doing. You're partnering with the Lord, not trying to get him to partner with you, but you're partnering with him. Now, so that we have the least amount of movement possible, do you know who you're praying with? If you don't know who you're praying with, find somebody to pray with. Nathaniel. Or should I say Chester? 
I know you're looking for your wife, but I don't want you to do that. I want you to partner with Brother Shelton. Do you have somebody you've chosen to pray with? If it doesn't work for you any other way, if you want three to pray together, okay. If two or three are gathered together, okay. You can be seated. No, I just wanted you. I did no, 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 no. No, we're gonna start this out with you sitting down calm. And everything that happens after that is not gonna be me. And it's not gonna be emotional hype. It's gonna be all Jesus. Everybody got at least one person to pray with? Okay, now we're going to repent. Can't make you repent? I'm asking you to repent. You don't have to say out loud any specifics, but you need to say it. You need to say the specifics if necessary. But let's be honest. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I confess my sins before you tonight, Lord. Bring them before you. Purge my heart. Purge my life. In Jesus' name, forgive me, Father, of all of my iniquities. Forgive me of any, any effort or intent to be in control of me. To be in control of me, Father. Purge me, Father. Purge me, Father. Deliver my heart and spirit from any iniquity. Purge me, Father. Purge me. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hey, I want you to pray right here. Let's just go. You can come stand right back. Right, mate. Hallelujah. Huh? Okay, I'll tell you what. Why don't y'all stand over there? It's fine. Get away from these mic. These. I just wanted you to be able to hear yourself enough you don't. Whatever. Jesus' name. I am asking you not to begin to pray until after I speak the word of faith and authority. When they begin to pray, you begin to pray. When you feel to pray, respond. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and by the authority of the office entrusted to me, I bind every spirit 
that wars against the sowing of the seed and the harvest of that seed in every city represented in this place and every city represented by those that are listening or watching and or will be listening or watching. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, let it be so. <laughs> Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Praise God. Go forth in Jesus' name. Go 
forth in Jesus' name. Go forth in Jesus' name. Go forth in Jesus' name. Go forth in Jesus' name. Go forth in Jesus' name. Go forth in Jesus' name. Go forth in Jesus' name.
some of you need to let intercession go trust God trust the Holy Ghost that's in you trust it trust the Holy Ghost in you yield to it come on come on to stop. Come on. Let the Holy Ghost help you. Let the Holy Ghost help you. Let the Holy Ghost help you.
the riches of his glory that's his inheritance in the saints can you just glorify him the word when we're glorifying God it means we boast on him we tell him our opinion of him tell him your opinion of him come on put into words your opinion of him don't just say thank you and hallelujah that's all good but we're glorifying Jesus now give him your opinion of him tell him in words what your opinion of him is I'm looking at people who have come as close as I've ever personally witnessed to obeying the greatest commandment at one moment. I'm looking in the faces of people who have truly loved the Lord with all of their heart, with all of their soul, with all of their mind. And with all of their strength, I'm looking at people. I'm, I, I'm, if you know me at all, I am not a flatterer. I'm telling you right now what I see. I see people that have given him absolutely everything you've got. Now, I've taught this earlier. We practiced it this afternoon. I would be totally shirking my responsibility if I let you be dismissed till we had a good season of praying rest and refreshing prayer, find you a place to sit down, get off your feet. Get off your feet. And we're going to pray. Okay, you, you got to pray in those rest tongues now. Don't just keep your mouth shut. I don't care if you can't even hear it. Okay? Remember, in rest and refreshing it's not what you're putting out. It's what you're letting him put back in. Come on. Come on. Some of you, you don't think you can barely move. And right this moment, you may not be able to. But in a few moments' time, as you pray that rest and refreshing tongue, and you let the Spirit of God put that back in, all of a sudden, your mind's not going to be tired. Your spirit's not going to be tired. Your body's not going to be as tired. Good night's sleep will fix the rest of it. Come on, come on. Don't worry about what anybody else is doing. Just let it happen. Come 
Come on. Keep going. Keep going. If you don't learn this, your body's going to resist every time God tries to take you to a deep level. Because your body's going to say, you can't take much of that. That's true naturally, but it's a lie spiritually. If you will learn to do this every time you give, you have any, any kind of real ministry happen through you, prayer, preaching, teaching, soul winning, whatever you're doing spiritually, if you learn to do this, We'll make the devil a liar. We'll make your body a liar. Because you'll find that God will supernaturally put back what you just gave to him and let him flow flow through you. Come on. Come on. Don't be looking around. It's not loud. It's not it's not a bunch of emotion. It's just it's just letting the spirit. Don't forget that the word translated spirit is also the exact same word translated breath. <laughs> So it's a it's a spiritual breathing in. Some of you got headaches right now. You've given so much you got a headache. Come on, come on. If you let the devil, he'll threaten you. Come on, you're gonna have a stroke. You 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 you're gonna you, you've damaged yourself here. Come on. If you will just let the spirit continue to put back in, that headache will be gone in just a few minutes. Come on. Come on, it'll be gone. And, and, and all of that threat and intimidation will be taken care of also. Come on. Come on. We prayed a long time just in this last season. And that's not counting the prayer that you gave yourself to with everything you had. Two other, at least two other major seasons. Not counting the prayer that we prayed and the praise we did at the beginning of the service. You've given out a lot tonight. But Jesus will be debtor to nobody. Nobody is going to be in deficit to Jesus. Come on. Come on. Come on. He wants to do it. He is doing it. If you'll just let him. Jesus name just keep your mind focused right on him just keep your mind focused right on him my 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 Come on, that's good, but it's not enough yet. It's not enough yet. We got another whole day to go tomorrow. And, and, and it's not the will of God for you to be dreading that because you think you've gone as far as you can go. You've gone as far as you can go without him putting back. That's absolutely right. Come on, come on, come on. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me that I'm meek and lowly at heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come on. How can he say his yoke is easy and his burden is light if he doesn't supernaturally power empower us and strengthen us in the name of Jesus? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do I have Bible for this? We'll stop a moment. We're going to do it one more time. But I want you to see how biblical this is. 
You can find this in your Bible. I'm not going to, you can look it up. I don't remember exactly where it is. But Jesus has just prayed three of the most stressful, grueling hours of prayer that any human body has ever endured. The spiritual strain upon his being was so great that it ruptured the, the sack around. It ruptured one of the walls at least of his heart and bled into the sack, the pericardium, which was surrounding his heart. How do we know that? Because the next day, when they pierced his side, out of his side came blood and water. That what that didn't pierce his heart. The spear pierced the sack around the heart, where the blood had been in there for so many hours after the heart had ruptured, that it separated from the plasma and the platelets. So the platelets are red, and they came out looking like blood. But the plasma of the blood's clear once it's separated from the platelets and it looks like water. And the scripture says, out of his side came blood and water. You know what that tells us? That his, his dying... If, if, if a forensic uh, scientist did an autopsy on Jesus' body, they would have pronounced the cause of death, the ruptured heart in the garden where he prayed. When the, when the load of sin, our sin, your sin, my sin was put upon him. And that strain was so great that he sweat great drops of blood. And, and, and check, make sure I'm saying this right, Doc. <laughs> but in order to sweat blood... There has to be a rupturing in your heart that gets in the system. No, no. What causes that? Great stress in the glands, okay? So he had great, he was under so much stress. And when he was through, before the mob showed up, the Bible says the angels of God came and ministered to him. And strengthen him. And if you will look up the Greek, you will find that word strengthen literally means in spirit. The angels inspirited him, or I'll put it the way we're talking about. The angels of the Lord put strength back into his spirit because he had given everything in those three hours of prayer and he was about fate to face his back being built beat, beaten he, his crown of thorns put on his head his face being beaten and, and, and then being crucified and, and, he, and he did not he had given everything out in those three hours of prayer as sin came upon him and he took your sins and my sins as his own but he, he didn't have anything left to face that so the angels of God came and ministered to him and put strength back in his spirit now would you like to receive the same thing that happened to Jesus in the garden let's pray again that's what's happening the Holy Ghost and the angels of God are putting strength back in your spirit. Come on. That's Bible. It doesn't happen with your mouth shut. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people to whom he said this is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. And this 
is the refreshing. Come on. Let Jesus do it. Let him do it for you. This is just as important as everything else we've done here tonight. Come on. Hallelujah. Anybody still got a headache? Seriously. Anybody still got a headache? Where are you? Anybody? Okay. One. Okay. Two. Now, how many of you had a headache when we stopped praying? All of you had headaches before. And we've got two that had headaches. Will you ladies lay hands on her? And you folks right there, lay hands on her and, and add a little extra oomph to the Holy Ghost while we all pray rest and refreshing again. Come on. We're not leaving here till no one has a headache anymore. We're not going to let the devil steal our victory by trying to afflict our bodies because we gave ourselves to Jesus. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Now, if you're not really careful while you're praying this, sometimes joy just kind of tries to erupt. When you're getting rested, the more rested you get in the spirit, refreshed. Sometimes, if you're not really careful, if you don't hold it down, joy just sometimes tries to erupt. So, so do your best to kind of contain that. But if you just can't, we'll have to put up with it. Praise God. Hallelujah. For me, when it happens like this and that joy begins to flow, all I want to do is laugh. You've seen it a couple of times this week. I just couldn't contain it. All I just wanted to do was laugh because I didn't know any other way to express it. It's just, it was just bubbling out of me. Praise God. One more time with everybody with their eyes closed. I can't make you close your eyes, but I'm asking you to close your eyes and let's pray one more time. In Jesus' name, rest in refreshing tongues. Jesus name ita halaloro bokora tatatahaya halaloro bokora tatahaya die kalarata tatahaya malararata batahaya die kataloro to bokora tatatahaya ye katati halarata tatahaya mai 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 ita halaloro to bokora tatatahaya ita halarata batahaya halarata batahaya Praise God. Amen. Now, I'm about to be very, very selfish. 
And I'm asking for your forgiveness in advance. I was the last one to leave this auditorium last night. And I was the next to the last person to leave this auditorium this afternoon. I'm not going to be last tonight. <laughs> I can't be last tonight. I love you. And there's so many of you here. Well, I'd love to greet all of you, but those of you that haven't been here, haven't had a chance to greet you tonight. And, and if I haven't had a chance to greet you while you've been here, please, I beg your forgiveness. I have hung around. You were the one that left. <laughs> Praise God. But uh, <sighs> my spirit and mind and heart are wonderful. But my feet are killing me. Well, not literally, but they hurt really bad. So, uh, you're welcome to fellowship. But those of you that are coming tomorrow morning, and as you already know, we don't start at 9.35 or 9.40 or when the crowd gets here. We announce 9.30 and we're probably praying and ministering in the microphone before 9.30. So, if you are coming back in the morning... Well, I know we love to spend time together, and that's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. You especially, I'm asking you to try to, as quickly as possible, without being rude, make your way out of here. And uh, if whatever you're doing to get something to eat, hopefully you're getting something, taking it to the room, eating something and, and resting, okay? Uh, but... Uh, I am so thrilled with where we have, where we started. I'm thrilled with where we started tonight. And I'm thrilled with where we're ending. And you will know just how much God has done tonight when we get here tomorrow night. Now, what's wrong with tomorrow during the day? Nothing, nothing today. That's not the point. Primary focus of the day is to teach tomorrow night. We will be finalizing, practicing one more time on this third uh, symptom of a church needing to do spiritual warfare. Father, we are so undeserving of all you have done for us, to us, in us, through us. We are so undeserving. But we are so very, very thankful for absolutely everything you have done for us individually and collectively tonight. And not just for those that are in this building, but for every single person that's joined with us wherever they may be, or those that will join with us when they are able to watch this in their time zone. Lord, let them feel everything that we have felt. Move upon them in the same exact way. Move upon them and help them. And bring us all into the same place in the body. That we might participate in the manifestation of the sons of God. So that your name can be glorified in the earth. So that your kingdom can come in the earth. So that your will in heaven can be 
brought to the earth and acted upon. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we give you the thanks and praise. Amen. Praise God. We don't dismiss. All you're getting is an amen.